Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And just like that, we're kicking off hour number three of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, got Carolina Teague in the building, and your boy Q rocking with you till 5 o'clock. We just talked to Sarah Ellison, co-host of the Ravens Vault podcast. She made the pick for the Baltimore Ravens on our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft, and she took Devin Witherspoon, cornerback out of Illinois. So there we go. We're continuing to roll on with our mock draft. We'll uh, hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R in a few minutes. Also, we have another pair of tickets to see Air, the movie that's about Michael Jordan and his uh, discovery of Nike and how that all came together. We got another pair of tickets that we'll give away before the show is over. But right now, join us on the phone lines. We're pleased to have Matt Anderson, uh, host of Vikings Happy Hour, the podcast. And Matt, thanks so much for your time. We definitely appreciate you this afternoon. And I asked you the same question I asked Sarah when we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens. Minnesota only has a handful of picks, five to be exact. How do the Vikings plan on navigating through the draft starting on Thursday with just such a small amount of picks? Yeah, well, I think the ideal scenario for the Vikings here would just be to trade back. Um, if someone drops, they could, you know, potentially capitalize on something like that. But uh, they're going to have to get creative because there's a lot of needs they need to fill still on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, wide receivers is still a big position of need. So, yeah, they're going to they're going to have their hands full come Thursday night for sure. You know, it's funny you mentioned ideally they tra- they. They trade back, and of course, it's the week of the draft, so there's a lot of reports out there, and you, you believe some of it, you believe none of it, whatever the case may be, but some of the reports have them trading up to go get a quarterback. How how realistic do you think that those uh, reports are? Yeah, well, you know, the rumblings have continued to, to stay persistent uh, here in Minnesota, and, you know, there are talks of them doing their homework on a lot of different quarterbacks. I've heard Hendon Hooker's name come up a lot. Um you know, C.J. Stroud potentially if, if if this all at this S two stuff going on and him <laughs> potentially dropping. But you know, when we talk about the limited draft capital, they're going to have to make a decision because if they want to move up in this draft to go get a quarterback to potentially replace Kirk Cousins, they're going to have to mortgage the future to a certain extent unless someone drops drastically. Um, and looking at the board for your mock draft today, it looks like there potentially is one. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Again, we're talking with Matt Anderson, Vikings Happy Hour here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. We all know that if you don't have a quarterback, you're going to be looking for one for a while. We see as the maybe the entire NFC North is going to be celebrating that Aaron Rodgers is gone. But for the Vikings, defense was a big problem. Their best cornerback last year, Patrick Peterson, is gone. How soon do they need to address that position in the draft? I think because it's such a deep cornerback class, you can wait until day two to do it. Now, obviously, like I mentioned, if you trade back, maybe you address it early with a Cam Smith or a Keeley Ringo or somebody of that caliber uh, early in the second round. Uh, but I think the priority early on needs to be wide receiver or just trading back to, uh, to accumulate more picks. Sticking on the defensive side of the ball, are any changes going to come schematically now that Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator? Oh, absolutely. Last year with Ed Donatel, you saw more of a passive approach to the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, playing off coverage quite a bit, kind of allowing things to happen in front of them. Uh, with Flores, we're going to see 
a whole different type of defense. Uh, he's going to be blitzing like crazy. I expect a big year out of Harrison Smith. Um, you know, our edge rushers, we just got Marcus Davenport from the Saints, which I think is a huge, huge addition. So I expect to see a little bit more aggressive, some physicality. Um, and, it, yeah, I think it'll be a night and day difference from what we saw a year ago. And then you also mentioned receiver, how that could be something that the Vikings do look for in the first round. How big of a hole is Adam Thielen leaving going to leave? Because we all know Justin Jefferson, he's emerged he's as a top. Dude. He's, he's that dude, a top three receiver <laughs> in the NFL. And Adam Thielen, I feel like he definitely got overshined. But do you, do you think his absence will be missed? I, I do. Um, I think he fell off a little bit last year. I don't think he was quite that elite caliber player we were used to seeing. Um, but he's still Adam Thielen, and he's still a very good route runner. Um, so I think I think the need is there, and they have T.J. Hawkinson, and so I'm, my expectation is they're going to treat him like a wide receiver too. Um, and K.J. Osborne has shown flashes of you know of great play. Uh, can he be a guy that plays opposite Justin Jefferson? We'll find out. But yeah, I think wide receivers still they they have to figure out a way to replace Adam Thielen in some way. KJ Osborne, that was that guy we talked to at the Super Bowl. He was very confident Friend in his role. He was, yeah, man. Yeah. He was, he was fun, man. He was fun to talk to. So I definitely root for KJ. Hope he has a really good season with Minnesota. Again, we're talking with Matt Anderson from Vikings Happy Hour here on Red Nation Radio nine twenty. Unnecessary roughness. Carolina's got one for you. Go ahead. Okay, so the Vikings GM is known for somebody who loves to trade. Um, none of the past ten draft picks that they were selected were originally owned by the Vikings. So. Is that pattern something that you're looking forward to? I mean, why would you pick trade down instead of trading up? I just think because there are so many needs. I think last year, obviously it was a great season for the Vikings last year. Um, I wouldn't expect that same type of performance in the upcoming year. There's a lot of holes that need to be filled. And so I think trading back and getting a few, you know, a few more picks on day two and day three will help fill out this roster a little bit more. I know it's not the, the exciting thing come draft night. You want to see your team go get those guys, but long-term vision here, I think it's it's more important to probably fill the voids uh, by the free agents that left um, in, in the roster moves that we've already made by, by trading back. What about Dalvin Cook? Is that a guy that we could possibly be seeing uh, traded sometime this weekend, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or do you think that that might just end up turning into a flat-out release? Man, it's... Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of clueless when it comes to that. We've been hearing about it all off season, um, and it sounds like, you know, we know Ian Rappaport. I think came out today on Pat McAfee's show, even saying like, we know he will not be back on that salary. Um, they signed. They went and signed Alexander Madison, or or, re-bought, or brought him back, um, and they paid him some good money. And so that's just a lot of money to have tied up in a running back room. Dalvin Cook's getting older. My money would probably probably end on him being gone by the end of this weekend, um, if I had to, you know, place a bet. But yeah, it's 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 a weird one. Him and Zadarius Smith are uh, baffling here. Ah, uh, Zadarius Smith, Z. <laughs> he was my teammate. No joke. No, he was my teammate in the celebrity basketball game that we had here in Vegas uh, not too long ago. What was it? Pro Bowl weekend? Yeah, Pro Bowl weekend. Yeah, he was my teammate, so he can't go nowhere, man. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> well. We're not asking for him to leave, but earlier this year, <laughs> he sold his house and he asked to be released. And so, I mean, he hasn't gotten that granted yet, but we're still kind of waiting. Maybe they're just going to, you know, 
play a game of chicken here into the into the summer. Fun fun fact about Z: margaritas at halftime is a thing. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Margaritas <laughs> at halftime is a thing. Again, we're talking all things Vikings right now. Go ahead, Demond. Go ahead, knock it out. When it comes to Kirk Cousins, everybody says, "Hey, he's a middle of the road quarterback. You can't win the big one with him." But how does Coach Kevin O'Connell? What what have been his thoughts about Kirk Cousins? Well, I think he saw it last year, just the impact that Kevin O'Connell had. Um, Kirk Cousins, statistically speaking, wasn't his best year, but he stepped up in a big way. He really trusted Justin Jefferson in one-on-one situations. He was making correct reads. He was, you know, extending plays with his feet, which is something that we haven't really seen. And when when you look back at last year, a lot of people will point to the fourth and eight versus the Giants in the wild card round, and such is Kirk Cousins, right? But I think overall, Kirk Cousins is an upper tier quarterback. I wouldn't put him in the Burrow, Mahomes, you know, Josh Allen category by any means, but I think he's in that second tier towards the end of it. Um, he's a stable quarterback. He's accurate for what Kevin O'Connell wants to run. Um, but again, father time comes for everybody, and they need to start planning for the future without Kirk Cousins. I know planning for the future is something that they should be looking at, but when it comes to next season, Aaron Rodgers no longer in the division. The Bears, hey, who knows what they have coming up next. Do you think that the Vikings still feel that they're in the driver's seat in the NFC North? I think you have to, right? Like after what you did last year, the Bear, like you said, the Bears are still rebuilding. We don't know what the Packers have in Jordan Love. Now, granted, they're going to get a lot. They got some draft capital. They have good young talent. Um, and then the Lions, I mean, half their team just got suspended for gambling. So, uh I feel like the Vikings feel confident about where they stand in the NFC North, and they should have a good good chance to uh, to be the NFC North champions again. Because of the ro- loss of Aaron Rodgers, and you know that opens the hole for the NFC North, do you think that the Vikings could possibly be a little bit conservative since they don't have enough cap space because of that loss? I mean, he's been the biggest threat in the NFC North for several years. Yeah, I think, you know, Quasey is really calculated uh, in his decision-making, and so I feel like he's not going to be overly aggressive just because one player is no longer in the division. I think he's, he's, he's thought this through um, a plenty of different scenarios, and this has kind of been in the works here for a couple months, obviously with the Jets and Rodgers potentially becoming a thing. So I don't think they, they, they do anything different. I don't think Rodgers leaving changes their strategy. I think they know they have to build for the future in this young core that they have around Justin Jefferson. With the 23rd pick in the NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings select... I, I'm torn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I looked at I looked at this board, and it could not have fallen any worse for the Vikings. I would have loved Jordan Addison here. Mm. I would have loved Zay Flowers, mm. and then of course Witherspoon somehow took a tumble to 22. Uh, <laughs> Believe me, we're confused that, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a glorious pick, and so I'm, I'm really kind of torn. But I think at the end of the day, I have to go with Quentin Johnston. Um, he's not my favorite receiver in this draft, but he's a big-bodied receiver. He's got good speed. To me, he feels more like a wide receiver two than a wide receiver one. Uh, I struggle with his ability to uh, use his big frame against opposing cornerbacks. Uh, but I think, you know, when you plug him in a, a system like the Vikings, 
with Justin Jefferson, with TJ Hawkinson, with an accurate quarterback. I mean, he was playing with Max Duggan mm-hmm. at TCU. That's going to be light and day difference uh, for him. But I think it would be a good spot for him to fit and really work on some of his release packages, um, the nuance of route running a little bit more. And so I think uh, with pick 23, if, if we ended up with Quentin Johnson, I think there's be a lot of fans that will be happy here in Minnesota. There you go. The pride of Temple, Texas right there. Quentin Johnson. I'm okay with that. I like that. That's my guy. I actually uh, covered him in high school, man. He's a, he's a really good dude. He's, he's got to learn to not put the ball on the ground a few times, though. He's done that a few times, yeah. so he's got to clean that up. But uh, you're right about the big body. He's got a big playability. And what better guy to learn from than Justin Jefferson, right? <laughs> so, you know, that that would be a good one. So let me let me ask you, I mean, when it's all said and done, what do you think how do you think this quarterback position plays out for the for the Vikings? How do you think that they kind of address that? I think if a CJ Stroud or a Anthony Richardson falls to that, you know, 9-10 range, I think they're, they I think they really look at trading up to go get somebody like that. Um Otherwise, you know, I, I think you're you're trading back, and I know some people aren't fans of Hendon Hooker, but I think that's a a really good person for the Vikings to sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year, mm-hmm. really ensure that that injury is ready to go uh, in 2024. He's not going to be rushed out on the field, so those are probably the two options. I've heard uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson yeah. be later draft. Um, we've been linked to him, so. I don't know. I, I I think they I think they go quarterback at some point in the draft. We just have to see how these first five six picks are going to fall because that's really going to dictate the rest of it. Let me ask you this real quick: Whatever happened with the whole Kellen Mond experience? I thought that that was going to be a, a potential there in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I think we all kind of did. My bad. But, uh, he, he, just, he just didn't uh, he just didn't pan out. You know, he looked a little sporadic with his. With his footwork, he wasn't the most accurate quarterback. I think it's a good gamble for a round three pick, and it just didn't work out. And Mike Zimmer tried to tell people, and they didn't believe him. And then as soon as Kevin O'Connell and Quasey got in the building, uh, they made sure everyone knew that he wasn't uh, a good project quarterback. <laughs> he wasn't the guy. Well, I, I think the guy was a good pick that you made, Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver out of TCU. We're going to put him up on the board next to your name, Matt. We definitely appreciate you. Vikings happy hour. What you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we just released our our final seven round mock. Yeah, seven round mock draft today. Uh, we'll be releasing an episode tomorrow. Of our top five prospects we want for the Vikings, and then we just have a ton of coverage heading into uh, NFL draft night. So it'll be a fun and busy week. But this is what we live for, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it, man. Being busy is a good thing. So uh, good stuff, my man. We definitely appreciate you making some time this afternoon and enjoy Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as it's a favorite time of year when it comes to the NFL draft. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. You too, brother. There he goes. Matt Anderson, Vikings Happy Hour, at Matt Anderson underscore eight on Twitter if you're checking him out. And uh, there you go, Quentin Johnson. Q, Q to Q. He's uh, <laughs> off the board. That's the third wide receiver we got off the board now, right? Or fourth? Fourth. Yeah, that's the fourth. Fourth wide receiver. Okay, so one running back so far in Bijan Robinson, four uh, wide receivers now with Quentin Johnson added, a uh, handful of cornerbacks, and everyone's still shocked about Devin Witherspoon. I think now that people are realizing, like, wait, hold on. Spoon was still on the board? Wait, my bad. I made a bad decision. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm excited about. We won't find out any more picks until starting tomorrow because that's the last uh, guest that we have lined up for today's show. Emmanuel Forbes is still on the board. Emmanuel Forbes is still, is still rocking all the way to round two. Let's go. Keep it going. You know who I'm scared of? I think the G-Men are going to take him. I'm worried about the Giants. That's the team. Mm. I'm looking at the G-Men. Damn those Giants.
I think that they're going to take <laughs> I think they're going to take Emmanuel Forbes, but that's for another day. So put Quentin Johnson up on the board. We definitely appreciate Matt for giving us his time this afternoon. We want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also the 69187 keyword R&R. That's the text line. But before we do that, let's go ahead and get caller number nine one more time. You want to go see Air. We got a pair of tickets. DeMond's standing by. He's going to get you hooked up. 702-365-9200. Caller number nine. You're going to go see Air. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Shout out to my man Tim. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go see Air. Go check out MJ or how MJ and Nike came together. Must be nice to have your own shoe. Wonder if radio dudes ever had a shoe. <laughs> me and Nike, we made up, by the way. I just want you to know, me and Nike have made up. I'm not mad at them anymore. Why were you mad at them? What? Why were you mad at them? Um... I'm glad you asked. I uh, <laughs> I ordered some pants for work because I do everything is Nike, right? I'm just a Nike. I'm I'm just that guy. So everything is Nike. So I ordered three pairs of pants, and I did it really late when I was working one night, and I realized I ordered the wrong size. So that morning, about six hours later, I hit them up, and I called them because I realized I ordered the wrong size, and so I needed to make a slight adjustment. And they looked at my order and they said, oh, well, we're sorry. You, uh, it's, it's been more than a half an hour since you made your order, so we can't change it. Mm-hmm. And I said, wait, hold on. What you mean? Like, you can't change it. Like, it's a slight adjustment. You haven't sent them out yet. And she goes, no, I know, but we can't change it unless it's a half an hour. You have to do it within a half an hour after you order it. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense. You literally have not sent it out yet. So why don't you just make <laughs> the slight adjustment so you can save us all the hassle? She's like, well, you could send it back for free. And I was like, that's fine. But you're going to send something to me that I can't wear. I'm going to have to send it back on your dime, and then you're going to have to try to send me something back if I still want it, which at this point I'm not going to want to. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just save the hassle and just get it done? And she wouldn't do it. And so we went back and forth. I asked to speak to the manager (laughs) in a very calm, cool, collective way because I'm grown-up Q, and I'm not, you know, Q that wants to be Tupac blank the world, you know. So I, uh, I asked in a very cool way, and she said, well, our supervisor will call you back within 24 to 48 hours. So I said, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get this math right. I can't return something or I can't adjust an order after 30 minutes after I make my, my order. Uh-huh. But I also can't talk to a manager for 24 to 48 hours. To, in that time, you're already going to send it out. Right. So, so then I'm going to have to send it back. So ultimately, that's what ended up happening. And um, so I told them because they asked me, they're like, well, you know, is there is there anything we can do? I said, yeah, you can adjust it for me if you want. I mean, I'm sure you're not going to because obviously I don't matter. And I told him, I said, look, I'm a Nike guy. <laughs> all my all my shoes are Nikes. All my socks are Nikes. My pants are Nikes. My work shirts are Nike. Everything's Nike. I get it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that guy and be like, well, I'm not gonna wear Nike anymore. I'm gonna start, you know because I'm not gonna do that. I'm a Nike guy. But it was pretty disappointing to find out that I was only worth 30 minutes. Like I wasn't worth anything after 30 minutes. After 30 minutes, I was just another number. Yeah. I mean, that's how they treat you. Maybe you should consider. No, no I won't. Why not? <laughs> no, why no, I won't. And that's why they can treat you like <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, that's why you treat you like that. Exactly. I know. I don't care. Can, uh, I don't part- care, Carolina. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you're part of your own problem. I'm not. You're not wrong. You have to demand that, hey, look, I'm going to switch to Reebok. Yeah, I'm not going to ever do that. I wouldn't do that to save. I wouldn't do that to save your life, let alone mine. I would definitely. I'm just saying. No disrespect. But no, I would not do that. Have you seen Reebok? Yeah, I mean, I like Nike the most. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, obviously. But I mean, it's because. We as a collective, we don't stand up. No, we don't. We don't stand no. up to big corporate. We're like, okay, no. fine. No, and I'll I did. I'll send it back. I did. 
And like I said, we made up now. We're good. I was, I mean, Nike was sleeping on the couch for a little while, but you know, Nike's back good now with me. So what were you wearing in the meantime? Old I, pants? I, I mean, I got clothes. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not Demond where, you know, it's like, hey, uh, you know, I don't, I don't wash my clothes on the regular. Like, I mean, I got the clothes. You don't wash your clothes on the regular? I don't know why he threw me under the bus like that. That is not true. Okay. <laughs> well, Demond, oh, I don't even want to get into it. Demond does so many things. Well, cause you split your pants the other day and I, I was, that's what made me think about it. I mean, yeah, I do. I do need to go out there and, and get some more jeans. I mean, were they Nike pants? As it got no, no, these, these are just a pair of blue jeans. Oh, okay, they were just too damn tight. Yeah. <laughs> and dude wears his little brother's pants. Shout out to Lucky Brand. You been squatting a lot lately? All the time. Come on, man. I mean, <laughs> you act like the pants are just ripping, brother. I mean, you, you ripped your pants when you are this big. You know, this is you know the cost. You know, the cost to be the boss. It's the cost <laughs> to be this big, man. Yeah. Okay. These but, tree trunks that I'm that I'm carrying around. Yeah, you're carrying them tree trunks slow. You ain't hardly moving with them damn tree trunks. I mean, check out Twitter. I just posted a video of me doing a backflip, too, if y'all want to check no, it out. No, you did not. Yes, did, did you really? Yeah, I mean, I tagged you in it. Did you really? Hold on. I got to see <laughs> this. I got to watch this video. I hope it don't come up. Are you being serious? No, he's dead ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, ain't seen, I ain't seen the video. Oh, it won't. For some reason, it won't play for me. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see. the. Oh, he did. Oh, yep. Oh, were you in the wrestling ring? Yeah, I mean, oh, it's so you used, yeah, you used okay. a, a springboarded. I'm it is not a springboard. It brother. is a ring. What's wrong with using a springboard? There is not, it's not a springboard. It is a ring. I have set up plenty of rings in my day. No springs. I doubt that. No springs. I doubt that. Carolina, you're a ring announcer. Is there springs in the ring? Um. Yeah. All right. What? Boom. No, there are not. In the wrestling ring, yeah. There are no springs in the ring. When have you? Okay. Well, I, I don't see I, those well, guys flying off the off the floor. Like, I feel just, springs. Yeah, there's some I, springs. You know what? I've actually put wrestling rings together. There are springs sometimes. What oh. spring? Well, what got, wrestling got, rings are you setting well, they up? Got, they got. They got. Uh, they got wood. Yes. And then they got springs sometimes. Which springs? Not there. Okay. Look, I've been there's in the springs, ring once. There's springs under the wood. Yeah, I've been in the ring so once as, jump, a, as an announcer. Okay. I announced I one I WWE event, and I, I promise you when I got in, it was a long time ago. I was back in Fresno, Cali, so it was a long time ago, but I promise you there were some springs in there. Well, you know what? So I, do a, okay, do a backflip here then, Frog. If you're feeling froggy, <laughs> then go on and leap. There ain't no spring in this concrete. We got callers. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> We're going to get to Carolina's uh, review of the fight that was on Saturday. We got to get to that, but first we got to go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Robert in San Jose. Robert, the 408, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, the more I'm thinking about it, as much as I would love to have a, a stud defensive player, uh, the Raiders are going to win games this year in regards uh, to their office, with their offense. And solidifying that offensive line might be uh, job number one, that first-round pick. Uh, Paris Johnson or Darnell Wright to solidify that right tackle position and then move Elamalur inside and look for an interior lineman in the middle rounds uh, and then spend the rest of the 10 picks on defense. What would you think about that? Okay. Uh, thank you for the call. We do appreciate you. So offensive linemen early. And again, I said it early in the show that I wouldn't be a big fan of that, but I get it. Right? There's been a lot of reports that Peter Skaronsky would be high on the on the Raiders board. Uh, Darnell Wright's high on my board, but I think that he would be a guy that could be had a little bit later in round one, like in the 20-ish area. Um, who else did you say? Oh, Paris Johnson. He's another guy that, that I think is going to probably go top 10, top 15 on my locked-on uh, draft board that I did. Paris Johnson was the guy, I believe that was the guy that the Tennessee Titans were really hot and heavy after going after. I think that that was who they went, and they ended up moving up from 11, I want to say to, no, no, they didn't move up. I think they stayed at 11. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, but somebody, 
was hot off to Paris Johnson Jr. and they moved up to go get him. So I think he's going to go probably top 15. I, I just think that the, for the Raiders, they probably don't need to go get offensive linemen that early. But, I mean, if you're trying to get the best of the best, especially with versatility, like a Skaronsky or, or others, I could definitely see that happening. Definitely appreciate that. And, Damon, before we take a break, I just saw your video. We're talking about springs in the ring. Uh-huh. Literally, the, 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 the surface <laughs> of the ring bounces. Well, I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out. There's springs at the bottom. It literally bounces when you do your, your yeah. flip. Damon, it wasn't solid. But I'm saying there's springs at the bottom, then you put the wood over it. Yeah. Can you still feel? I feel the springs underneath the wood. You can Does see it, it when you did the flip. There are no springs in the how did ring. The, how did the ring bounce like it did then? That wasn't your strong that's self the, making the ring Yeah, tense. that's the give of the ring, yes, but there are no springs. Okay, well, there's something that makes it bounce. So when guys jump on the ring, they bounce up. It's not like you hit a solid ground and it stopped. Right? It's, it's not, not like yeah, you were outside yeah. on the concrete and you tried to jump off no, the... No, it's not on concrete, yes, because that would be dangerous for people. Well, I understand. I understand. I'm just saying. Yes, the ring, there's some, there's give, some to the give. There's some yeah, give. There's got to be some give. some give, but no springs. I still think there's a lot of talent to do a backflip. Don't tell him that. I, mean, I know if there's a lot, a lot of talent. It's hard. Tell it's hard. Don't t- like, I'm afraid to split my neck in half. That's why I haven't <laughs> attempted one. Split your neck in half? Yeah, like I'm scared. Four thirty-one is the time. Carolina Teague talking about splitting her neck in half. We'll talk about the fight. Tank and Garcia Saturday night. She was there for the weigh-in. She was there covering it, and she'll talk about it next here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. And here we are, going to call this the final drive. We've got the opening drive. Shout out to Paul Padalaw. It's our sponsor. All year long, all year strong, rocking with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So we're going to have the final drive. Start having that on the daily. The opening drive and the final drive. Everything in between, we ain't responsible for. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what could go wrong in between now and then, but we'll figure it out. So here for the final drive, before we get into what happened on Saturday in the the Tank Garcia fight, I did want to give a big shout out to to Mary. It is her birthday. Happy birthday, Mary. Happy, happy birthday, birthday. Uh, I would have DeMond do a dance, but we know he can't dance. He could do a backflip in a ring that's got springs that aren't really springs. He could do that. And I'll acknowledge him for that. But, uh, yeah, got to give a big happy birthday to Mary, a uh, real good friend of the of the fam, real good friend of uh, everyone here at Raider Nation Radio. Of course, Mickey's out there riding with her as well, so we definitely appreciate uh, y'all. We've got to get together sooner rather than later. But uh, let's give a big happy birthday to Mary. Now, I did want to get into what happened on Saturday. I know my man CK uh, from the Lone Star State, he's in town. He was in town for the tank fight. Everyone and their mother was in town for the tank fight. I mean, celebrity on top of celebrity. C.J. Stroud was in town for the uh, tank fight. Carolina Teague from the Lone Star State was in town for the tank fight. So we got we to gotta start at the top. When you went to the weigh-ins, I saw a, a couple of your pictures that you tweeted out from uh, the weigh-ins, and it looked like there was a massive crowd out there observing. So what happened out there? It was a massive crowd, like you said. There was uh, vendors out there. I've never seen a weigh-in that massive before in my life. <laughs> I've been to... So many boxing fights throughout my sports career. I've been to a lot of events. I've covered a lot of things. By far, that was the biggest weigh-in. And I'm short. And I was <laughs> I was, I was, was debating on seeing if I could go sit on somebody's shoulders. Like, I wanted to ask somebody, can I sit on your shoulder? But I knew they were going to tell me no. But there was no— Yeah, it you was think? Hard, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was hard for me to—yeah, it was hard for me to find a good spot. So I ended up having to take the— uh, escalators and there were people actually watching the weigh-ins from the parking garage and that's a, wow. what I ended up doing. It was the best view. I mean, it was like a bird's eye view. It was perfect. And you uh, felt very uh, strongly, let's just say it like that, about Tank winning this fight and 
you know, I, I felt the same way, and I'm not a, a fight aficionado like the two of you guys. I know you guys are, are much more uh, well-versed in the fight world, uh, UFC and boxing, but uh, you were very strong about your feelings on Tank, and a lot of people leading up to the fight started to believe that, well, you know what, Ryan Garcia could win this fight, but you uh, were very adamant that there was no chance. Yeah, I was adamant from the beginning there was no chance. I've seen both of them fight in person, and like I said before, Ryan Garcia, he's a great fighter, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's had less tougher opponents than Tank, and the last time I had seen him fight before he had fought Fortuna, he looked like he had a lot of ring rust. I've seen Tank fight multiple times. He has very sharp boxing IQ. He's very intelligent. There was no doubt in my mind that Tank was going to win but they hyped up the heck out of that fight. They though. did. They did. They they all. I almost was convinced, like everybody else, that Garcia could take it because I was watching the all the all access shows, and then you see Ryan Garcia was actually very very dedicated. Don't get me wrong, but he had a mole in his camp. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I saw yeah. I saw him tweet something about that. Yeah, that was crazy. Interesting, interesting. Damon, you uh, obviously host the fight game, and like I said before, you and Carolina are really uh, the fight aficionados when it comes to this show. Uh, what were your thoughts going into this weekend? Going into this weekend, I really liked the hype that they were able to build up for this fight because, you know, I saw it. It was the headline from the Las Vegas Review Journal on their tweet about the fight. The ultimate winner of this fight was the sport itself. Boxing needs these big fights when it comes to, hey, can you get stars? Can you have guys? Usually, Caleb Plant, he fought a couple of months ago, a Vegas guy. He was an MGM. I mean, for two guys to sell out T-Mobile Arena, that's a big deal because you know mm-hmm. in T-Mobile, hey, that's going to be a higher ticket point. And these guys, they didn't have anything to worry about. Carolina's talking about having to watch, you know, the weigh-ins, all the post, the, po- the pre-fight, you know, yeah. scuffles and all that. Got to watch that from the parking garage. So for me, just the lead-up, I really love what they were able to do for the sport of boxing itself. Let me ask both of you guys this because, again, I don't know, but I saw something, I want to say I saw some kind of controversy, and maybe that's a, a too strong of a word, but I saw it on Twitter uh, about something that about Bernard Hopkins and the fact that he touched Tank on his back and they're saying that he put some substance on his back where he could pop dirty. Is that a real thing or is that just someone BSing on Twitter? Nah, no, I heard that it is a real thing that if you touch somebody with a certain cream and you yeah. touch it with that cream, they could test dirty. And like he's done that before. That's what they're saying. Well, they were saying that. Well, I don't know if he's done that before because a lot of people are saying Bernard Hopkins has never done that. He's always been a okay. very high moral type of fighter and a person so for people to say that it was kind of it's unfair for bernard hopkins Mm -hmm. but that is a real thing and um but calvin ford tanks trainer is the one who tweeted her who messaged that out that saying there was a possibility he could do that so people were also saying that was a controversy because they were saying well they're probably just trying to get to the ahead of the curve in case tank does test dirty but he ended up not doing it so that that cream is a real cream and you know there's a lot of Substances out there, you get touched by something, you could die. So it, it doesn't surprise Damn. me that, that exists. <laughs> we just went from yeah, we just went from <laughs> testing dirty to dying. Yeah. That's an extreme. Yeah. I mean, there there've been words before between the two. Like Bernard Hopkins, a legend in the sport, one of my yeah. favorite fighters. Yeah. This guy was the world yeah. champion up until he's about fifty years old. I mean, just like that's like maybe five years ago, this guy was still a world champion in the light heavyweight division. Where it's just he's a part of Golden Boy. He's with Oscar De La Hoya, mm-hmm. and it's just like, you see him getting each other's faces. Just hey man, chill out. Ain't no need for all that. And then Javante Davis, who's not going to back down from anybody, wants to get in Bernard Hopkins. Yeah, face. he said, "Don't touch me." He yeah, got hot. It, there's nothing more to it than that. Then Devontae Davis, like, oh man, get out of here. You saw Mike Tyson was right next to him. Yeah, Mike Tyson didn't feel the need to get in there and be like, "Hey, he was just enjoying the spectacle." But I do think it's more of Bernard Hopkins now on that promoter side of it being attached with Golden Boy Promotions of just, just chill out, even though that's not his place. 
to you know you're not in, you're not you know a part of a, the actual team the fight camp you're just a promoter now right so it's just staying back but I think it is a little overblown of what could happen the mole in the camp I think that's a bigger deal to me because was his body actually hurt we had we saw the training partner come out and say yes he did hurt Garcia's body during training leading up to the fight mm-hmm. so for me if, the, if if Tank is saying hey I already knew that going in ahead of time mm-hmm. that's a way bigger deal to me even though he's probably gonna lose the fight anyway let's be real but it is a big deal that if he had a mole in his camp and he did I mean, Brian Garcia came out and he said there was a mole in my camp. And that's the part that alarms me the most because Ryan Garcia is a type of fighter that that's going to be your bread and butter. If you're his he's, you're his trainer and you're going to be a mole in the camp. And for some strange reason, Tank already knew that he had gotten a body shot and he was going to utilize that to his advantage. So I feel like that was very, very dirty and shady, considering uh, even though we knew Ryan Garcia wasn't going to win, seeing Ryan Garcia uh, have to f- discover a mole in his camp and you see him work so hard just for his information to be leaked, that's not okay to happen in any camp. So I personally think that the mole is his trainer, Joe Goosen, because he has <laughs> ties to PBC and he also has ties to um, Gervonta Tank Davis's camp. They have He has a brother-in-law that's related to that camp and he's a part of Golden Boy Promotions and he's in his corner. So that's who I personally think the mole is and he didn't help him develop his game into that fight. That's who I believe the mole is and I hope if it is him that he does get released from his camp because Ryan Garcia, you could tell he's dedicated. He wanted to win this fight with everything in his heart, but um, it's not okay that that happened. And I do agree that the sport of boxing was the winner because it's very rare that you see two types of promotions collide like a golden boy and zone and Showtime and PBC come together for a deal for two top fighters in their prime to come together and more boxing fights need to happen with that there's so much politics in boxing where people do not want to combine showtime with the zone because they don't want these fights to happen for money purposes and 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 i agree with you damon uh the the fighters want or the the fans of fighting won that weekend interesting and also when you said oh brian he really worked hard i know that that body shot you can get hit in the right spot and just dropped i seen it at a ufc fight where when i was live mm-hmm. at the guy he mm-hmm. took a couple steps back to the cage just like ryan garcia and dropped so i've seen yeah. it up close and personal yeah well i've actually wanted actually after i heard saw the way the liver shot worked i personally want somebody to hit me in my liver okay wait hold on hold on hold on player yeah, hold, hold, yeah. hold up player. i believe it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll take your word for you it show me. yeah what kind of sense does that make i want someone to hit me in the liver because I want to know what it feels like. Sylvia, I want, to, <laughs> I, want, I want somebody to hit me in my liver because I've I've been in physical fights before in the streets and it's different than obviously being in the ring. But I've never been hit in my liver before, so I want somebody to hit me in my Texas liver. Texas is different, Devon. And, and I want to see. If I take a, it takes me a while to fall to the ground. I ain't never That's been it. knocked out before, but I don't want to. Mike Tyson, let <laughs> right, me see if it's right, real. Right, 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 yeah. yeah. I you can know, eat it. It's been a long time since I had an ass with Let me see what it's like again. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what happens when you get hit in the jaw. That don't make no sense. No, I believe it. It looks like it was a good shot, but I, like, I, I do think. You, you don't know until you feel it. Who wants to do that, though? No, no, I'll take look, man. Why don't we try it out? Like, so, I don't look, man. If you could do a backflip on a springboard in the wrestling ring. Okay. I can be in the ring and have somebody hit me just for fun, just for you know. That is not kind of, fun. Yeah, are you gonna drop? Are you gonna drop to one knee and say thank you with a smile? No, yeah. I'm, I'm not Thanks. gonna get. I'm not gonna get like somebody bigger than me, like Q, to do it or. No, like no, you, you, you're right. Q ain't doing none of that. I'm staying away from that conversation. I don't need the police at my door. 
<laughs> Mr. Myers, we need to talk. <laughs> no, thank you. What in the world is the world coming to? All right, so, so when you had your interview with Holly Holm, that's what you should have asked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, Holly Holm, by the way, can uh, can you just punch me in the liver real quick? No, let me ask you this. So when it comes to Tank Davis, so what's next now? Oh, man, 135 is stacked. I think that they're at a real good spot. This coming Next month, we're going to be seeing Devin Haney defend his title against Vasily Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. That he's a, He used to be the former king at 135. Mm-hmm. He lost to Lopez. Now he's going to be coming back. Shakur Stevenson, he doesn't have a title I like at 135 That's either. That's my guy. So I would like to see him and Tank. I want that to be the next fight at 135. And to me, the winner of that should get the winner of Lomachenko versus Devin Haney. Maybe like a little round robin, a contender series that maybe that these guys can have all at 135 because I want to see all these young guys. Ryan Garcia, hey, maybe he's out at 135. Go ahead and move up to 140. Hey, good things can happen to you in your career there. But you got Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, like and Tank Davis guys. all in the same division. And Tank, he won this week. He's the bigger star. But when right. it comes to boxing inside the ring, mm-hmm. I think he's number three of those three. So who, okay, between my two guys, because Devin Haney, he's uh, he's Oakland, California. And, you know, he stays out here now. So uh, that's my guy. But then Shakur Stevenson is Shakur Stevenson, so he's my guy too. So who's the who, who who's going to win between those two if they square up? I want to root for Shakur Stevenson, but right now, Devin Haney, since he's still on top, I'm still going to give him the nod. It's no, it's it's the pace because Shakur, he is a little bit, he's a little bit smaller than him. He just moved up to 135, so maybe he's still got to get used to that size there, being in the lightweight division. But man, like maybe in like two years or so, if if the fight happens further along down the lines. I'm going to give Shakur Stevenson the nod. But if it happened maybe later this year, maybe Devin Haney would have that, that advantage over him. Who you got, Carolina? Um, I'm actually going down the same path that you're going to go down because I feel like Shakur Stevenson would be a great next opponent for Tank. Um, not this fight, but the fight before that Shakur Stevenson had. He kind of gave me Ryan Garcia vibes. I know they're two totally different fighters, but I wasn't impressed by his performance, even though he's a great fighter. And I think they're both incredible, don't get me wrong, but I would say... Tank is probably going to take that one if they have to go go for that route. And then I want him to take on the winner of Devin Haney versus Loma. And um, I think what they're going to do is they're obviously it's boxing. So they're going to hype up the Devin Haney and the Tank Garcia fight because they were going back and forth with each other all over social media. And I think that's going to be a great lead up to that particular fight. But Tank did also say he's willing to rematch anybody that he went past round 10 with. And that's Mario Barrios from San Antonio. He knocked him out in round 11. And then you have people that he went UD with, Pitbull Cruz, where he only fought him with his left hand. So seeing a rematch prior to the Shakur Stevenson possibly would be also good too. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw Ryan Garcia versus uh, Tank Davis too. Even though he got knocked out in the seventh round, it sold a lot of pay-per-views, and you already know boxing's all about money. Anybody trying to see that again? <laughs> you're not. You're, you're not going to get your return on investment. You're, you're like they, they probably did maybe like over half a million when it comes to buys. Maybe that's. I think I've seen some projected numbers there. But even if they did like over five hundred thousand when it comes to pay-per-view buys, that's great in the sport of boxing. But that that round two, if you if they run it back. We all know what Ryan Garcia is about. We would have to see Ryan Garcia build himself all the way up again and get rid of Joe Goose and his trainer. The Goose. He, I mean, but for the me, goose. he can get better. You know, you can work as hard as you want to, my brother, but you are not on this <laughs> level. And I, and I you mean, said he's an Instagram model. Exactly. He's he's not he's not in a Jake Paul level. I'm not saying that he's that. But when it comes to him, it's gotta be a frustrating level when it comes to a fighter. As we mentioned, those top three those three young kings that are sitting at one thirty five, yeah. Vasily Lomachenko, or it's, it's like the old dog that still got it. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia ain't beat none of them. So it's so it, it must be so frustrating. I am the best in the world, but you ain't beat nobody in the top five. Mm-hmm. So what is there for you? You're not winning no titles here. Nice. So go ahead and move up to one forty. 
Demond's dogging him. Demond is putting him out there to yeah. the pasture. I see, he can't yeah. be no man. Maybe. I, hey, I'm just throwing it out. I'm just, I'm just picking up what you're laying down, man. That's it. I'm the amateur well, here in the room. You guys are the two, uh, you know, expertise in this. This is not my field. But you're right. He did say he wanted to go up to 140, and 135 is Tank's division. It, it, that whole division is stacked, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. There I'll give go. him this. He can sell tickets. There you go. Well, hey, that's that's yeah. that's half the Prize battle. fighting. That's yeah. half the battle. You got to sell those tickets, man. It's like it's like radio. You got to sell that radio. The, the show could be great, <laughs> but you got to sell that airtime to make that money. So I cannot let you get out of here, Damon, without turning my attention to Game Four that is going down tonight between your Grizzlies and the L.A. Lakers. That's tomorrow night, ain't it? Uh, it is definitely tonight. Well, I mean, <laughs> which one to talk about? How I do mean, you not know when your team is playing? I think it's tomorrow. It's definitely it's not. Today. I'm definitely looking at the schedule. Milwaukee plays at Miami right now, and Memphis plays at L.A. at 7. Thought we had another day to prepare. <laughs> well, you don't. So what are your thoughts? How do you rebound from the way that you took that whooping on uh, on Saturday? I think that we saw that John Morant, man, this dude's on a different level. He's going to be able to come back. Uh, the, the Lakers, they aren't as good as people thinking that they are. I mean, they get the win. They were at home. You're supposed to win when you're at home. You lost at home. Okay, they, hey man, the Lakers did their job. Okay. <laughs> uh, they still got LeBron. I mean, he's not he's not cooked yet. He's still got some good run in him. But for me, uh, but the Grizzlies, it's all about the execution. I know that Dylan Brooks, I, I enjoy the theatrics just as much as anybody. But the biggest thing that I had the problem with, he got ejected and he played 19 minutes. He had already shot 13 shots. Right. My brother, dial it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you can talk to LeBron as much as you want. Yeah. Just stop shooting the ball so much. You are not that guy when it comes to... You know, the effectiveness that you think that you have. So I do think that that's what gets played into it more a little bit, where it's like, hey, man, the ball needs to move around more. I need to see Jaron Jackson get a little bit more involved. Yeah, he needs to show up a little bit more. Luke Kennard, brother, we know that you're one of the best three-point shooters. I think he led the league in three-point percentage this year. Get him involved a little bit more as well. Ja can't do it on his own, and we saw in that last game. I know people always like to say, they play better when Ja isn't playing. Right. No, I, that's not true. Exactly. I mean, I, 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 know, when, when, I know I've been guilty of saying that as well because every time I look up and he's not playing, they find a way to win. <laughs> but I, I, obviously he's, they're a better team with him. My question when it comes to Ja, how does he preserve himself, right? I mean, he's high-flying. High he's fun to watch because you know he's going to be just an awesome highlight happening. But at some point, you've got to be able to protect yourself. And I feel like Ja doesn't protect himself enough. Like when he took off, and I know you said get rid of the charge. I get it. But he took off basically saying, I'm better than you. I'm going to jump out the gym, and I'm going to dunk on you. Well, he got met halfway, and he ended up on the ground hurt. He didn't get me halfway. He got undercut. Well, I'm saying you've got to protect yourself. At some point, he's got to realize that he can't just out-jump everyone. You know, it's like he jumps and then tries to figure it out while he's in the air. That's not always going to work. Early in his career, maybe. But he's been injured how much? Quite a bit. He's got to change his game a little bit. He's going to have to change his game, but Q, I'm sorry to say it. I hate to sound like, you know, an owner or a GM. We'll worry about that when it gets here. When you have a team that's on the cusp of the second seed in the in the Western Conference, the tough Western Conference two years in a row, you've got to ride. you got to, you got to do what's gotten you to the dance. And I know maybe right. you can say so like— you got to protect yourself so you can be available. He's available now. I mean, they, they done tried to take out his hand. Look at him, still out there, still playing hard. Where I'm not so worried about the injuries now. None of these injuries, okay, a little nicks and bruises here. None of it's been catastrophic just yet. The day that he tears in, tears an ACL, oh, pops an Achilles. Don't, don't put that. that don't put air, that into yeah. the existence. Well, it ain't happened just yet. That's all I'm saying. I'm, Where people mm. like to say, "Oh man, like he's gonna hurt himself." I'm not so much worried about John. I'm worried about these players in the NBA. They can't play defense. I want the Grizzlies to win this series too. Me too. I I love <laughs> their team, and you know I'm really 
really astounded by the way they were able to turn around their whole entire team from the grit and grind era of the Grizzlies and then within two years they did a rebuild and then you see how they put the pieces together now you have somebody like John Morant and he's one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA be fantastic he was on the court all the time but I mean even without him they still did a good job this season hopefully in the postseason they're able to you know get past the Mm -hmm. Lakers my only thing is Lakers have more postseason experience, especially with LeBron James. That might be an X factor. I just would be really disappointed to see the Lakers continue to move on because I, I'm really high on seeing the Grizzlies move past this round. I thought going into the series, DeMond will tell you, I thought that there was no no doubt that the Grizzlies were going to move on. But here we are going into game four and the Lakers are up 2-1 at home about uh-huh. to play the Grizzlies again. And I'll say this. One thing about the playoffs, I've enjoyed the playoffs so far with the one caveat of all the injuries to the Stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look yeah. up and down the roster. I mean, the Heat, right? Uh, Tyler, Tyler Hero, he's out with a broken hand. Uh, they got other guys. Uh, uh, Oladipo, he's yeah. out with the knee. Uh, Embiid with the Sixers. Obviously, he's got the knee injury. Uh, you look at uh, the Greek freak. He's got the tailbone injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just found out about De'Aaron Fox from the Kings. He's got an injury. Jaw's been out. I mean, look at all these guys that are out, man. That's been Kawhi. Yes. Freaking yeah. Kawhi Leonard. He does, as you know, you cover the Spurs. <laughs> he does load management all year long. That's the craziest part is that there's all these injuries going on in the postseason, but there's a lot of load management also that you see throughout the season. So, right. that's that's really so why are you doing load management if you're going to be out anyway? Regardless. Right. Yeah. PG has been out. Kawhi, when they need him the most, has been out two games. If the Clippers have, have Kawhi, they're winning those games. They're winning those games. Unfortunately, well, he's not available. So that's one of the areas of the playoffs that I'm not a fan of is the fact that everyone's been injured. And look, I get it. You can't help injury, so it kind of is what it is. But right now, Milwaukee is taking on the Miami Heat. Who would have thought that Miami would be up 2-1 in their series? I sure didn't. I thought Miami was going to get ran out the gym. That's one of the reasons why I lost money this week, too, because I was going <laughs> for the Bucks. and Giannis was out. And Giannis was out game two, and they still ended up winning. And I decided to take the over and the Bucks, and I was way off. And uh, shout-out to DeJounte Murray, who's not out because of injuries. He's out because he bumped into the Because he's a knucklehead. He didn't bump into it. He aggressively went after him because <laughs> yeah. he's a knucklehead. And now now look at how the Celtics and the Hawks, yeah. you put them in a position in game five the Hawks to lose done. the whole Yeah, exactly. Mailman Raider said, if Carolina takes a liver shot, please put that video. I'd pay to see it. Laughing my ass off. And that's going to do it for us. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.